Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and this beer is hella good. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading Circe by Madeline Miller, and starting with beer. This beer, just to give you a little backstory, Circe is one of the many children of Helios, the god of the sun. sun. God. god of balloons. Well, the, the, the titan, right? Isn't he a titan? He's a titan. Um, and uh, I mean, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't see how big it is myself, but I'm gonna. I'll, I'll, I'll grant him Titan. <laughs> Got a lot of kids. He's the sun god and all that shit. So, uh, and she's his kid. So this big. He's kind of. She's kind of like. Uh, would you say a uh, sip of sunshine? I, you could say that. I'm yeah, gonna say it. Say I'm gonna that. say it. It's it's been said. Uh, I'll so this, it. this is from Lawson's Finest Liquids. Which is it? It's a really bizarre name for a brewery when you think about it. It's like these are our finest liquids. It sounds, <laughs> it just sounds vaguely. I have that DVD on the spectrum. <laughs> you know, like these are good liquids. Uh, <laughs> this is Final Austin's finest liquids. Sip of Sunshine IPA, which I can't imagine we haven't had at some point. We have had it. We but had it, it in all the light we cannot see. This is. I'm going to say this is a better connection. Uh, but <laughs> I have no idea what the connection Who knows? was for it. <laughs> We'll never find out. You couldn't see things without the sun. <laughs> <laughs> that might have been it. <laughs> so, a sip of sunshine is a famous beer nerd, beer nerd beer in the certainly in the New England Northeast uh, area of the United States. Uh, it's an eight percent alcohol double IPA. That Lawson's Finest Liquids is from Vermont, but this is actually brewed in Connecticut, which I think I told the story when we last had it about how I got yelled at for confusing those two states. You should be ashamed. Well, I didn't. I was like, "Oh, hey!" I was at a. I'll tell briefly. I was at a beer store in Vermont with like an old crazy man who was there, and I said, "Oh, you sell that Lawson's beer?" And he's like, "Huh?" And I was like, "Oh, okay." When you start with a harumph, the conversation can only go one direction. <laughs> and then he said, "Do you see any green mountains in Stratford, Connecticut?" I was like, "I don't see anything in Stratford, Connecticut. I'm I'm not that white." Uh, but then. He said, that's because that's where the beer is made. But on the can, it said, like, from the Green Mountains to your mouth or something stupid like that, because Vermont is the Green Mountain state. But he was all really butthurt that they don't actually brew it in Vermont. The brewer just happens to live in... It's a really incredible display of beer gatekeeping yeah. by an old man who looked like George R.R. R. Martin, which should, I guess in hindsight shouldn't have been surprising. Uh, but the beer is yeah, a very good double IPA, especially of the more traditional, slightly more bitter... Uh, but also, well, maybe not slightly, maybe more like in the vein of like Alchemist kind of IPAs. It's very good. Uh, but Sip of Sunshine, because Cersei is the daughter of the Sun go- Sun Titan, but he doesn't give a fuck about her. Not one sip of, of concern. <laughs> so Cersei is a novel that was published recently. It's 2018 by Madeline Miller. Maybe it's Madeline Miller. I'm not sure how she pronounces it, uh, which I think it's only her second book. It is. And, and it was incredibly successful like it has probably close to a half a million reviews or ratings on goodreads counting our three uh so it is a very very popular book and i'm not sure we'll, we'll talk about why i suppose um but it's it's essentially it was an oprah book club book so that well that'll do it yeah that'll i didn't it. know that uh but it's basically like a retelling of a lot of greek myths from the perspective of this minor f- deity who... She, it, she, it's the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead 
of yeah. the Odyssey. I thought it was kind of like she was like forest gumping her way through Greek mythology. <laughs> like, oh, and that, that was because sense. I did this. It's like, oh, okay. She did have about 15 Dr. Peppers in one scene. <laughs> uh, wasn't Dr. Pepper like a whole she bunch? She did meet Lyndon Johnson. <laughs> yeah, that was weird when Lyndon Johnson came not. into the book. <laughs> she's like, and she's like, wow, I, I have not ever seen one that big. Um, <laughs> but but Dr. Pepper, doesn't Dr. Pepper have like uh, like 11... 11 herbs and spices or something. That's that's, that's, it has like a, a certain number of flavoring agents, like the 23 f- things that go into Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Plus cocaine, you know, whatever it was in the 18, you know, 80s when they first started peddling it. That was Coca-Cola. I'm sure. They, who who didn't do a little blow in the 1880s, Nate? <laughs> Dr. Pepper. It was like that's the right. 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she gets all into herbs and shit. She's like a Rasta. She's so into herbs. She does love herb. <laughs> herb. Singular. It starts off, Cersei is the child. Cersei is a nymph and the daughter of Helios, the sun god, and another nymph named Percy. Um, Mrs. Helios. She is Percy Jackson? Less Percy Sledge, actually. Who the fuck is that? Uh, didn't Percy Sledge sing When a Man Loves a Woman? That was Michael Bolton. I think you're right, yeah. Michael Bolton covered no, it. Michael Bolton did per- the only true version. No, Percy Sledge was the black man who did it well, and then Michael Bolton came in and white-splained it and it <laughs> ruined it. But fucking it with his fucking... Mullet? Uh, oh, God. Mullet, primp, curled, poodle-headed, little-cocked version. Percy Sledge's version way better. <laughs> I Googled it. Percy Sledge, feels, what a man loves woman. He feels very strongly about Percy Sledge. <laughs> Listen, the fact that the fact that you would even you would even pretend it was Michael Bolton's song is upsetting. <laughs> because Michael Bolton really blows. <laughs> just, just so much. Something like that guy in Office Space. <laughs> I have seen that, by the way. It's one of the ten. So anyway. <laughs> it's one of three. You movies. saw it in theaters in nineteen ninety-nine. <laughs> it's the last time you saw a movie. So Cersei maybe, is the, maybe so Nate was afraid the of the plane of would fly into the theater every time after a certain September day. He just that's why he can't go back. All right, sorry, Nate. <laughs> okay, so Cersei is the daughter of a god, but she's not like she doesn't really have god powers at first. But she's you know the nymphs don't really have that. They just kind of live for a really long time and have and are hot and are and are very attractive. Though she is. Less attractive, but merely by God's standards. So she's probably still pretty hot. She's kind of picked on by all the other gods in uh, all the other Titans because there's this whole thing where the uh, Olympians are kind of not at war exactly, but enemies of the... uh, The Olympians and the Titans don't really get along, but they're not really at war. And Cersei is with the the Titans. Anyway, everyone... It's mutually assured destruction. So all of the other nymphs and gods are just so vain and all the and they're just backstabbing bitches to each other. And the nymphs are there really just to like kinda hang out and try and get a god to fuck them. Uh but <laughs> Cersei doesn't have any luck with that. Instead, at once she kind of grows up and you hear a little bit about of her her brothers and sisters who are also just total assholes. She finds a lonely fisherman and decides to help him. His name is Glaucus, but, and she helps him, but she doesn't tell him exactly. She just sort of like 
helps his fishing nets be full so that they, the family can make more money and so they can get money and get out of debt and or some sort of like, you know, help his father. And he's like, oh, I'm just such a good fisherman. She doesn't tell him that it was actually her that did it. And then, but she kind of falls in love with him or you in somehow, and she didn't know she could do this, finds it with this magical flower, which was from the, the tears of... It was fertilized by the blood of the Titans. The blood from the God Wars. She uses this flower and turns Glaucus into a but god. But she knew it would do it. She, she like sat through what well, must have been really boring fucking stories from the gods. She, can you tell me about that battle like again? Her grandmother told her about the magic herbs that you're not supposed to talk about, even though I'm telling you, kid. But, didn't she, but she knew it came from where God blood had been spilled... And so she sat and listened to every fucking old douchebag tell a story about when he threw a spear. And then she triangulated on the map of just Greece where it could be and then found him and made a whole bunch of uh, potpourri and then fed it to this shitty fisherman. She totally knew it was happening. This was her her goal. And that's that's important because that's going to be why she gets in trouble for it. It wasn't an accident. She has a lot of time on her hands, you know. She well, is she's essentially age. immortal. Be, being immortal, you, you, that's one of the things that comes with that. <laughs> but she turns him into Indeed. a sea god, god of into- fish and god of glaucoma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a sea god who doesn't see very well. It's very Thank you. ironic. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Uh, <laughs> so, but she also doesn't tell him that she turned him into a god and then... When Glaucus decides, like, when he's sort of, like, hanging out with the gods in the, the other titans and the other nymphs, he instead, or one of the other nymphs, who's prettier than Circe, catches his eye, and she, and Glaucus says, I'm going to marry this other nymph, your probably cousin, because they're all related, uh, named Scylla. But he was all about Circe. Like, he was enamored with her when he was a mortal. And then when he became a became a god, he also became a douche. And he has like he a was like, fish I face. can do better. Yeah, he looks like a, a, the Davy Jones in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, where he's got like an octopus for a head or some weird shit. Oh yeah, with like a Cthulhu he... face. Oh yeah, exactly. I was like, like I'd a... still, I'd still get it. I was like, would you? Your head's a fish, and he's blue. Yeah, and he's like, I prefer to be blown, but <laughs> <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> But but the gods the gods are like what happened here and she's like I don't know he ate, he ate a he ate a an herb and it just what are the and odds he, he like took a nap and he woke up as a god and they're like wow fate is really cool the that fates happens. just decide stuff isn't that great that it worked out which this really does I don't know if this is already a Greek myth that Madeline Miller just borrowed from or if she kind of made this up for the book but it definitely fits with how other Greek myths go, like the way that, you know, she loves him and, uh, and turns him into a god, but when he becomes a god, he's like, I can do better, and falls in love with somebody else. So then Circe uses her magic again and turns Scylla into a six head, giant, bloodthirsty, six-headed monster. Because she's told that the herbs turn you into, like, what was already inside of you. Your true like, self. Yeah, it sounds like the alchemist, but it turns you into like what you are, what you could be, or something. And this guy was meant to be a god. Now like, that was like they should have stopped there. And like, what are the odds? Like that is pretty astounding. She found the one thirsty Greek guy who also was meant to be a god. 
But then she does it to the fucking cunty cousin of hers. And she's like, oh, she wa-. turns out she was a cunt. What the- <laughs> oh, my God. What are the chances? <laughs> Whoa. The, the, the fates weave as they will. I don't know. <laughs> and after that, it's sort of discovered by the Titans that Cersei is... She that she has this magical power, sort of the first the first witch in literature, actually, because she's in the Odyssey, the original, uh, and that all of her siblings also have this power, but they always kept it very secret. And so she, Cersei's problem is not that she can do magic; is that she spilled the secret and let everybody know. And then she she decides to be truthful and tells Helios that she did it, that she both turn Glaucus into a god and then turn Scylla into a monster. And Helios decides he has to punish her or he goes and has a meeting with Zeus and they, they, they decide he has to punish her. So Helios banishes her to an island and, you know, Greece is mostly all islands, so there were plenty to pick from, but it happens to be the island of Vowels. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I. The island of Alpha, it. the Power Rangers robot. I was going to say the annoying of, of, of complaining women. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, can I do with this one? Send her there. But it is the worst hand you can get in Scrabble. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you still can't use it because it's a proper noun. <laughs> a, is AI a word in Scrabble yet? I don't know. Is that one of those two-letter two words? Um, I don't have any idea. There's a but limit to how on nerdy we are. For, she's stuck on this island forever. And she'll be alone forever in her exile. Because this island is just her. There's no uh, other people on there. There's no foreigners. There's no xenos. That is a Greek word. It is a Greek word. I was really hoping you were going to go for a different foreigner take. And like, she has double vision. And just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, like foreigner the band, foreigner the band. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't she, name a single fucking foreigner song. Being exiled to that island was cold as ice. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping the faith. Um, this is Xenos, not the um, Scientology one. Uh, by Grimm, and it's an unfiltered, dry hopped pilsner. Oh. So maybe they're trying to make pilsners interesting by dry hopping them. Brewed with indie hops, experimental hop varietal letters and numbers. So we, that's when uh, hop growers make new cultivars. They kind of make a, essentially pilot batches of them, like grow a certain amount of it. And they don't even have a stupid name for it until they're like, does it, does people like that? Should we keep making that one? And then they'll give it a dumb name. So I don't know, I'm not going to remember which one it is now, but I, I think it was Citra was for a while known as like, X XTC. It was that band. That band became Citra Hops. No, but it was words. No, that's extreme. XTC was uh uh making plans for Nigel. That's the one song where there's I can remember. Okay, a British fucking new wave band. How's the beer? Uh, it tastes like Pilsner. I mean, it's it's a little bit hoppier than a Pilsner, but it's not like uh. I guess if they were going for the dry hop, seeing if it would still do like the IPA thing where you get the flavor. It has more flavor, but not a lot. It's pretty. Beer flavored beer. Hmm. It's better than, I guess, just like any old Pilsner, certainly, which are all exactly the same, as far as I can tell. They're pretty subtle. Well, we should say, by the way, that this beer, as all of them, brought to us by our supporters over at Patreon. If you want to support the podcast uh, with money, you could do that by going over to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club, 
where you can give us uh, your money in exchange for early access to episodes, exclusive content, physical goods, or even getting shouted out on our live uh, book poll episodes that you get to vote in. Did I say that? I don't even know. Um, so if you want to do that, head over to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club. And if that's not your speed, you could also just support the podcast by leaving us a review or just like telling your friends to listen to it. Any of those things would be much appreciated. Back to the book. So Scylla, she's banished. She's exiled to the island of Ayaya. You said Scylla. And I said Cersei. So <laughs> Cersei is exiled to the island of Ayaya, where she has like hundreds or probably thousands of years just to hang out and figure out how to do witchcraft. So she does. And she gets pretty good at it, though she still doesn't have any mo- more of those flowers from the blood of the titan war so she can't do anything too crazy with them however so she's just hanging out and not talking to anybody and then hermes sometimes comes down to visit her and they fuck throw her a bone you know they're both very good looking people and they always finishes so really quickly though (laughs) he really takes care of his needs before of her needs his name is is confusing yeah he's selfish also he has chlamydia Which is one Can of the, which is a different chlamydia? nymph. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a lot of like weird stuff in this book about because it happened in the myths, but like at the beginning, they talk about uh, how Helios, uh, his prized cattle collection of all these beautiful, <laughs> oh, yeah. beautiful white cows, and they're like, how do you think he keeps? how there's so many cows like they're immortal aren't they like no they kill the old ones and then he turns into a bull and he fucks the hot cows and makes more cows it's like oh i should have bullshit (laughs) (laughs) listen that's i think zeus did that a lot too yeah there's a lot of them fucking there's most mostly cows i guess those are the hottest animals i I don't know or like a or like a geese or a swan or something they did all sorts of a goose issues. They, they turn into all sorts of shit. <laughs> Look at that goose. I'm going to fuck that goose now. That I guess you just get bored if you're immortal. It's kind of like the, you know, 120 days of Sodom thing. You know, like at a certain point, you know, like I got to, I guess I got to do something. Goose. <laughs> I got to go a little wild. Got to make butt pate. <laughs> Take a gander at that. <laughs> but yeah, so he, that, was the, that was early on where all the mean sisters... Are just everyone's just ruthlessly mean to because she's only an eight and they're all nines, high nines, nine point six. Yeah, they're a what the fuck is the capital? They're an Athens nine, and she's like a Crete seven, which means that you could still smell the souvlaki on her breath, and she's there's a little bit of feta on her shirt. Everything's dill. Dough. It's important (laughs) to get back to the plot. So, um. As after she's been on her island for, I guess, not that long because, okay, her older sister is been married off to the king of Crete, to Minos. Head of the Cretans. And she and her sister is a, he's definitely a Cretan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> her sister is a total bitch. Yeah, she really is. She's uh, Cersei. She's at her island and Daedalus, the amazing inventor dude shows up in a boat and says i've come from your sister and i she and it was really good (laughs) (laughs) she has these moves oh my god do you know them (laughs) 
She doesn't because well, she's. Find out. You know, he does find out. <laughs> Who said I've come from your sister? <laughs> well, I've come from Crete, and your because your sister uh, is going needs you to come to Crete to help her. He won't say why, and they have to sail by between Scylla and Charybdis in order to get there. And he had to sail there for the first time, and like a dozen guys got eaten. Yeah. And she's like, I feel yeah, a little Scylla bad about that. I did that. has become a cave monster that eats sailors as they pass by because, you know, it's the ocean and there's only one route. So they all have to go yeah. by the either either you go. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense for a fucking seafaring Yeah, just take, take island the long way around. <laughs> just only I mean, take like an extra three days, go the other way. It can't be that just difficult. Pack an extra bit of goat meat with you and you'll be fine. Yeah, it's not a river. It's the fucking sea. I guess it's like a it's like a strait or something, you know, like something they can't really. It's the Aegean Sea, isn't it? Well, I mean, maybe that's where that was like the pass, and I and you guess. know, like the ancient Greeks were hard with dealing with things that were straight, um, <laughs> mostly the men. <laughs> so it could be what was happening. They also didn't have compasses back then, so the only way to navigate was just to kind of sail around the edge. You would just sail like a around rim job? like the coast. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's basically uh, the Greek method that's of navigation. That's what they called it. That's a, from the Greek. Uh, <laughs> rimos. <laughs> rimos for navigating. With There's your an tongue. X in there for some reason. Nate, you, I think you were saying something actually important. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Definitely not. Oh, good. We'll, we'll continue. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they. Circe manages to trick. Scylla into not eating anybody on the way back, so she doesn't at least have to feel guilty about that one. Cersei gets to Crete, and her sister is pregnant, but somehow, like, can't give birth to the baby and needs Cersei's witchcraft in order to, like, help actually give birth to this thing. Because turns out, the thing is not actually a baby. It's... A cannibal machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's too terrible to be born. It's the Minotaur, if you didn't know. But anyway, this is called Who is a Cannibal? Or Who Eats People? So it's Cannibal. This beer is called Cannibal Machine by Other Half and Dewey Beer Company. And the other half of this them is, is a, a bull. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> this is a Berliner Weiss smoothie with pineapple, orange, guava, coconut, and milk sugar. Jesus. And it is 6% by volume. Mm-hmm. And I have not tried it yet, so let's find out. Oh, my God. Nate's dick just blew off. This is really good. <laughs> <laughs> it's ricocheting. It's like fruity and coconutty. You know, so it's basically pina colada with a little bit of orange guava in it. So I think it's great. Mother of God. Sounds so lovely. So I'm, I'm glad I have three more of these in the fridge. Hurry back and buy another case. Yeah, I might have to. Mm, yes, this is this is very nice. I do like the line about the the pregnant lady. If we get back to, I forgot the sister's name. It doesn't matter. Pacify. Oh yeah. I, I was hoping you did the audiobook, not just so I could make fun of you, but so you'd actually know how to say the names. Because I actually know shit about Greek mythology after. Uh, a lot of history classes. I somehow have managed to avoid ever taking any class where I had to learn anything about this it. This was and the I most t- I ever encountered. And we're also too old to have read the Percy Jackson books. Like, mm. 
There's a yeah, whole never like, read the those. younger generation of like bookish nerd people all know all this shit because they read those books and they, that was like their gateway to get into mythology. I just never gave a fuck. So I don't know anything. So I was hoping you'd know how to say their names. Because I just look at him, I just see, like, uh, Stavros number three. Like, I really don't know like, what, what they're saying. God of the I sun. I think this one Nick. is Pacifaye. Isn't that, the, that's a yogurt, Faye. That's, that's different. Yeah. <laughs> but she's, like, beating, like, uh, uh, what's her name? Cersei's, like, trying to ask, like, what's, so what's the deal? You're pregnant, and you're married to that guy, and there's an issue. I got Mr. Hansed. And she's like, I fucked the bull, all right? <laughs> just get it out of my cooch. I fucked the... And she literally says, I fucked the bull. And then she's like, that, yeah, that's basically what happened. The horns got keep getting snagged. And she's like, oh, listen, that was a really hot bull. And I needed to fuck that bull. Apparently, they got some weird-ass bulls and cows in uh, Greece because people just cannot resist fucking them. They really liked cows. Just get over there like, oh, steed, 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 steed. And just fucking getting on them. <laughs> <laughs> no? People yeah. don't say that anymore? So then she works her magic, but and then like they immediately launch into just mean evil sister conversations, just like when they hate it's just horrible to each other. In the kind of way I don't know sound sexist, but in the kind of way that only women can be mean to each other. Like 100%. yeah. <laughs> they're just cutting to the to the marrow every time <laughs> every word. Just oh, just like, and your fucking eyebrows are too close to each other. They're just fucking awful. And Cersei's just like, oh, I, just to, I just have to take this. That's, and that's what she, she really just does. She's like, she just takes the abuse from her cunt sister, but then sneaks off to just get diddled by Daedalus. And, yeah. uh, and then eventually has to leave. So she fucks Daedalus before she goes back to, um, she go back, goes back to her island. But Daedalus does give her a really cool loom. <laughs> Which was important back then. It's like, hey, I'm all about you know women's rights and shit. Why don't you make some really nice clothes? <laughs> <laughs> She's like really progressive. <laughs> it should smell like cedar when you're making my garments. <laughs> Something to do when she's alone for uh, hundreds of years in her in her sweet place that is there to mock Zeus. Her punishment is there to still mock Zeus. That it's this immaculate, amazing mansion essentially that is permanently stocked with you know everything a greek person needs namely olives and wine and uh, yogurt and fish and nuts uh uh-huh. yes a good amount of nuts goat yeah. meat is this shawarma going spinning on a, on a all day on a, on a little, little spindle there yeah but it never dries out infinite shawarma <laughs> infinite shawarma that is a great great band name uh <laughs> <laughs> they like open for System of a Down. It's like another <laughs> Armenian group. <laughs> but but, it, but she goes through like you know the whole thing is the, her, the Titans and the Olympians are in a constant struggle, and and Zeus is the most powerful, I guess, but individually, and he's afraid that if the Titans band together, they could fuck him. And he doesn't trust anybody. So, like, they have this kind of, like, weird thing where they just kind of are trying to keep the peace. And and Cersei is sent as a message, like, where see, we're keeping the peace because she was the only one that purposely used her magic or admitted to it. And her brother, who also is only fucking vowels, like, Aertes, 
Right? Was it what the fuck a- was his name? Aethes or whatever. Yeah. Aethes. He's the other one. Aethes. Nuts. He was the other one that was like a warlock. And he was like, you stupid bitch. You don't tell them you could do magic. You just do it. And they punished her in this house, but in like the most opulent, amazing house to send the message, even our prisoners are treated better than you. Right? So there's, she's like this. Than the, than the people, the humans. Well, certainly the, the mortals. But, but then the Olympians. And, there's, and everybody, everybody except for Cersei, hates the mortals. And that's another thing from the beginning, like her, the scene with... Um, They're like fun games to just torture them and get them killed. Prometheus, where Prometheus is... So one of the first scenes of the book is Prometheus has given the knowledge of fire to humans, and he, he's now going to be punished for this for the rest of his existence, and he's immortal, so it's like forever. It's the whole and Cersei the helps him a little bit, but he still he still has to go, and he's chained to a mountain in the Caucasus. That every single day, an eagle will he's chained to a mountain, and an eagle is going to eat his liver. But because he's immortal, it's going to grow back every day. So he has, just has to keep going through it every single day. And Greek myths are very um. Very creative in the way people are punished. Yeah. Like the myth of Cassandra, or Cassandra, however you want to say it, where she can tell the future. She knows what bad thing is about to happen, but her punishment is that no one ever believes her. Oh my God, there's going to be an earthquake and we're all going to die. She's like, no, we're not. Stop. Don't worry about it. And anyway, that's a... It's a very creative punishment. I like um, Tantalus, the guy who's in like quicksand or something, and and his nose like, is always really itchy. <laughs> it was like a, it, it's like a branch that he could just about reach, but he can't get to it. <laughs> like every time he gets close, it like lifts up, and like yeah, sorry. Which is why uh, the name for a bar, like the cabinet behind a bar that you lock up, is called a Tantalus because of that. Just a good, uh, oh, a really good oh, word. What? Like, if you ever go to a bar or been to a place, especially if you're on, like, a hotel or a cruise ship kind of place where, like, the bar closes, but you can still kind of walk around the area, they obviously don't want you just drinking the booze for free. It has, like, a, a cabinet that will close, but you could often see through it and see what's there. Like, it's either glass or just kind of slatted oh, or whatever. Oh, okay. That's, that's called a tantalus because of the same myth. Like you could, I assume this is where the word tantalizing comes from. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, this okay. is... The Greek myths are helpful if you want to, you know, do well in the SATs, apparently. But they are creative. Um, where Sisyphus has to push the push the fucking rock up the hill every day, and then it falls Just down. Just to see it roll back down. Yeah. And it's inventive. They had a lot of time to think these up. So Cersei, she's back in her island, and then it's sort of later, I guess, later history-wise. and Like hundreds of years later. The Yeah. Because, you know, she's immortal. So she kind of doesn't, like, think about time the same way that people do. Anyway, so she's just on her island, and there are ships of, like, sailors keep kind of finding her island. Or more like a ship of sailors finds her island, and she's like, oh, people, they've come to visit. How nice. And she brings them in, brings them to the, she's like, okay, I will help you. They were, looked, you know, starving and lost. She gives them food. And then they ask, you know, hey, who's the who is the lord of this household that we can thank for all this? She's like, oh, no, it's me. There's no, there's no one else. And then so they the men realize that 
she's alone. She's a alone and helpless and defenseless, or at least they think so. And so they rape her. Yep. And she says, this is the fate. Well, this is the fate of all nymphs or naiads or whatever they're called, which is yeah, kind of true. That's what that, that was their place in um, a lot of Greek myths. Anyway, but because she, they did that, she uses her witchcraft to turn them all into pigs. What they were inside all along. Yes. And their real journey was the friends we made along the way. Now, but it was in there the whole time. They were just pigs. And love conquers all. <laughs> uh, and so, and then for the next, I don't know, however many hundreds of years, Circe's there in her island. Whenever a ship comes by of, you know, sailors, she just keeps turning them into pigs. She invites them into her home. And as soon as they start to get a little like, hey, is this woman here by herself? She's just like, Snaps her fingers and turns them all into pigs. Which I we I know where we know where this is going, but it, throughout the book, there's this thing where like the gods fucking torture the the mortals, and she felt bad. She was interested in them, right? When like, very early in the beginning, there's the story, the in, exchange with her and her father when she's like a you know a god child or something, and he's he's the sun, you know, so like the sun has to set and all that bullshit, and. You know, cold astronomy. And then he, he's like, oh, we're going to be late. And you know, there are mortals that are supposed to predict this. And every time they're wrong, they get killed. And now that we're late, there's some people that are going to get killed. And she's like, really? He's like, yeah, it's funny, right? And then I'm like, <laughs> let me just, don't, I mean, give me a minute with this bull. <laughs> like, and then, and, and, and so they, they have the killing the bulls and uh, killing the fucking, you know, not killing the bulls. What are we talking about? Killing the, the prophets, the, the, the seers or whatever, the astronomers. And then Prometheus gets punished for helping the mortals. Like they really hate on and mistreat the mortals, and she feels bad for them. That's why she helps Glau- Glaucoma. But then, sure enough, they're fucking assholes, and they they deserve no help. You know, like I'm not sure what to make of that part of the book. I mean, That's a good question. But this more is happens how at it the fits end. With this is how it fits into the Odyssey. Like yes, of course. Uh, the this is so this there. So the Odyssey, if you listen back to our episode on the Odyssey, it's a lot of like little chapters of like different little adventures. And one of the little adventures is the Odysseus ship. They go to, they land in an island and it's... An I-I-I island. (laughs) Maybe that's what it means. An I-I island. That where the, where the witch, where the witch who lives there turns men into pigs. But because Athena has given some sort of either warned Odysseus or given him some sort of like she's thing. His, I can actually can't remember she, right he now. He is her chosen boy. The rosy, uh, rosy fingers he, on. Circe can't turn Odysseus into a pig. But he I has believe... some magic herb. I think he was just warned. I think he was just warned ahead of time. Like, don't drink the wine. Don't drink her wine at the place. Um. So anyway, so this is where, like, that had to be in the book because this, that's where it fits in with... um. Is Cersei that's when, that's in the way it any fits other in with Odysseus. myths? Or is it just really she's a character of the Odyssey? I really don't know. Hmm. What I don't was know. that? I couldn't hear the question. What was like, that is here? Cersei in other stuff, like as a recurring character of other Greek shit? Or is it just is she just a little sub subsection of the Odyssey? No, no, she's in a bunch of shit. Um, she's in a lot of different things, um, but always as a minor witch character it, there are tons i was i looked it up too because like who is this person not that i knew anything about it 
but there she was a you know a common character in 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 the the myths in the stories. She's in like tons of different like especially once like Renaissance shit happened where everyone had just keep painting fucking Greek characters. There's tons of paintings of her. She's in a lot of different stories, but she's always a minor character. She was like the perfect person to pick to weave a whole bunch of stuff together. Mm. And also because she's a minor character to tell her story. Like I mean, I don't want to pretend it wasn't. Uh, this wasn't a good book because it was really great. But he has some sort of special herb that he's vaped, so he doesn't turn into a pig. Well, he he convinces her, and she decides not to do it. She doesn't. She doesn't really. I eat. think she turns the. She does turn the. Rest Which is what a, happens she in guys, the Odyssey. She turns a few guys into pigs before he even gets there. And he's like, "Hey, I'm here for my dude." She's like, "Oh, they're out back. I don't know what happened to them." And eventually, he's like, "He's like, they're such a nice boring." Guy he turns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm t- Sowie. I turned them into pigs. <laughs> but she turns them back because he's such a nice guy. And, and he's like, hey, want to pork? <laughs> and then like, they do. They pork. He's like, I'm really trying to get back to my wife, but I'm going to land on this island for like a year and just stick it in you. It's like, oh, cool. Great plan. In the Odyssey, Odysseus more or less seduces her. And that's how he gets her to let his men go. In this book, it's more like she finds him interesting. And she's, of course, been alone and lonely for centuries, millennia. millennia. You know, uh, and finds him, finds him interesting. So they have, they start a relationship. So they fuck every night. Though this is before he meets the sex goddess. So, you know. Calypso. That was the last yes. stop when he just needed to make sure his entire dick was covered in rug burn. He stopped there with the hottest nymph. But so uh, Odysseus stays there for like a year and, and then finally she helps him go down to the underworld where in there's a, this part, the conversation kind of goes on for a long time because Madeline Miller's previous book was actually a retelling of the Iliad from a minor character who is in fact Achilles gay lover, but that's actually her first book. So they talk about that. (laughs) What'd What'd you name him? I thought his name was like Patroclus or something like that. Uh, Patroclus. Did you read? Yeah. I didn't read. Did you read that book? No, I, I did. Just, yes. I just know that that's the name. Oh, I, I, I was just trying to guess a random Greek name, so I said Gus. <laughs> so this is Achilles and his gay lover Gus, <laughs> and he's wearing like a jumpsuit from a like a uh, mechanic shop. <laughs> it says Gus embroidered on the. That's what I'm picturing. It's embroidered though, so that's what counts. Well, but it's bedazzled. It's got bedazzled oh, okay. on it. It's got. And it's Odysseus pink. talks about Odysseus when he's there talks uh, talks about like what it was like to be fighting the Trojan Wars for ten years and how that's like, why I don't use condoms was. and she's like that's cool <laughs> 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 I just can't do it anymore. Well, they do reveal that she's been taking basically like Greek Plan B for centuries, except the last time he banged. Or she's her. a witch, so she can she can handle that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then. <laughs> Say, oh, yeah. So, anyway, he talked, and there's a bunch of stuff about how, like, that Odysseus, you know, because he's the clever one, he's the smart one, and that's his, that was his role at the Trojan Wars, and that's how he was able to figure out the thing with the horse, and they, you know, open up the, open up the doors, and that's how they, and then they went in and slaughtered everybody, and that was Odysseus's idea, and he was one of the people that went in and did that. There's a line, okay, actually, there's a line that's going to come up later that said that the Trojan Wars didn't, damage Odysseus or it's not like there's they didn't damage Odysseus it made him more into the person he really was 
kind of like those flowers, like the uh, kind of like the magic. Anyway, so Odysseus, what happens to Odysseus later is a big part of the story, but we'll get to that later. Anyway, so they're there for a year. She helps Odysseus go down to the underworld to talk to Agamemnon and the other Trojans who had died. And also his, no, just, just Agamemnon. Anyway, so he goes down to the underworld and comes back. And he says, okay, now I need to go. So they fuck one more time. And then he sails off with his men. And then she realizes immediately that she's pregnant. Well, she, she chooses to become pregnant. Bitch, that I mean, ain't gonna I make him stay with you. Because after he leaves, she's they talk about how she like she has her like magic potion of like uh, I I don't know what it was, but it was something that she would like douche with or something or take <laughs> like medicinally. I, it was, she had a thing. They said medicinal she used to use douche it every oh time she was always banging Hermes, but she didn't want to have his little like uh, you know vain baby douchebag hermits. So she would always yeah she would always like uh, get rid of it or you know like scoop it out or something. I don't know. But Hermes Hermits? <laughs> Hermits Hermits. <laughs> what the fuck was that song? Um Hermits Her- Hermans Hermits? Happy Together? Isn't that the Turtles? Oh yeah. What the fuck is Hermans Hermits? Um uh, Oh, uh, I'm into something, something good. Something tells me. And they also did uh There's a kind of hush all over the world tonight. All one. over the world you could hear the sounds of love. I only know love. Of something good because it's in the Naked Gun movie. And um <laughs> Um, Henry the Eighth, I am Henry the Eighth. I, you know, that I song? thought that was like a folk song. Like it a might be. They're like the green sleeves the, shit. It's not. It's green sleeves is from the Renaissance. It's not quite that old, but it's because <laughs> it, though ironically, green sleeves has been attributed to Henry the Eighth because he had the biggest sleeves. But think about what are the <laughs> fucking odds? That's Illuminati confirmed via Herman's Hermits triangles. Um, but so she. In this case, she doesn't uh, douche with a with a bunch of old yogurt and uh, fish head or whatever they eat in Greece, and she's like, "I'm gonna have that cool guy's baby because I'm bored and I'm alone." So she has the baby, and as you know, she's like a nymph, so it grows pretty quick and then becomes a baby, and then she's like alone with this baby for a while, and she basically it's a few chapters of like being a mother sucks. <laughs> yes This fucking what, thing what? Is constantly trying To kill itself I mean I'm immortal But this thing is not And it sucks This thing sucks I hate it One line Was that You know And, and before he was born I made 20 Diaper cloths I thought that would be enough I went through that On the first day <laughs> They only eat yogurt <laughs> Yogurt and goat meat Covered in feta It must be terrible that's probably pretty good. I mean, it must, it's not going in, oh. coming out, they'll just, <laughs> should be fed up, that's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's not, not pleasant at all. So, uh, after 16 years, no, okay, no, actually, when, when her son named Telegonus is still, a, still an infant, Athena comes to the island and says, Give me the child. I want to kill that kid. I'm going to kill him now. So why don't you because why don't of you, some prophecy? So I just changed his diaper. Can you wait at least until the next time I have to change it? Like, don't let that be for nothing. <laughs> we should mention she named him this because uh, Odysseus would always talk about his son that he had back home that he hasn't seen because he's been out banging nymphs. 
Um, his son Telemachus would taken the scenic route home. <laughs> yeah, I gotta gotta see some trim along the way. <laughs> so uh, he talks about Telemachus, which he says means distant warrior. So Telegonus that means distant penis for gonads, the Greek root. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna assume it. It was the it? early version of the Raffi song. That banana checks phone. Out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it translates directly. That's what they. When you hear Greek children singing banana, the the sounds like banana phone, but they're singing these words. Telegonus. It's, it's disconcerting. You're like, oh, that's. <laughs> but the penis, the gonads are so far away. And well, it's more interesting that the, the direct translation of the Greek baby beluga is cock nosed fish, and that's just <laughs> really upsetting. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I need another beer. Can I just say? I'll just real fast. She's she has the mortal son, and she's worried about him, you know, dying and shit because that happens. But she had such, she had, you know, this could have fit anywhere. Fuck it, I don't give a fuck. It's called Fated Dreams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it works everywhere in this book. They talk about fate constantly. Uh, faded, like as in, you know, your denim Oh, is, faded. Know. That would be, I mean, I feel like we're saying the same sounds. <laughs> 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 but like, as in, you know, washed out. Yeah. Uh, fated Dreams would be good too, but Fated Dreams... It's an IPA from Finback that's 7% that's made with, uh, it's dry hopped with Citra, of course it is, Enigma, and Mosaic, and uh, it is really good. Oh, like super strong berry flavors out of this, like strawberry and blueberry. Delicious. Tastes a lot better than realizing that many of your dreams will not be accomplished anymore in your lifetime, and you have to just put that guilt onto your child. Um so yeah, I'm told, sure. <laughs> but <laughs> so back to this book. So Athena comes to threaten Telegonus, but because of some prophecy, like he, because <laughs> Athena nice. loves Odysseus, but the prophecy is something <laughs> like, why are you laughing? I just think of a distant gonad still. <laughs> so... Oh, yeah, so she threatens that she wants to kill the child, and she says, like, but just let me kill him now because it'll be so much worse when, she's, when, when he's older. You'll you get a so new much one. worse about it. Yeah, you can have <laughs> as many children as you want, and Athena says, I promise that if you have another son that he will be a king among men Super and cool. all of these kinds of things. Huge and dick. So she says, no, Girl, this is my child. Coke cans. <laughs> In this case, you do know who's going to get one. <laughs> <laughs> I spoke into uh, the fates directly. They're like, you want a can or bottle? She's like, Oof, two liter. <laughs> uh, and Cersei says, no, he's my son and I love him. So tells Athena to go away. And then Cersei casts spells on the island to protect the island and anyone on it, including Telegonus, that, um, that even, the, even the Olympians can't get him there. And she's then, got a lot of uh, good fucking acorns and shit on this island to make these spells. She has a lot of time to practice. Well, it, it does. It's it, a special it, island. It is said as kind of like a throwaway line, I feel like, though it's important. That's like, it's not about the fucking weeds. I think the, the, the mean brother says it to her earlier on. It's like, it's not about the plant you found. It's because you put that into the fucking plant. Like, you wanted this to it's happen. It's about the willpower. Yeah, you had the power to do it. Like, it's not about the leaves. You You've dummy. got the touch. You've got the You've power. You've got the power. I don't know the next line of the song, but I know we're both it's, talking about that power. Yeah! That uh, <laughs> Transformers song, right? <laughs> You've got the touch. You've got the power. That's from Transformers, the movie. 
Yeah. Nate, you had to have seen that. That was in your We've discussed time. discussed this song 100% with Nate. We have, yes. But no and one you... saw the cartoon Transformers because it was just a way to kill off the Transformers to make new toys. That's because in fucking Nate's doomsday cult he lived in where they weren't allowed to watch television. <laughs> the fucking tra- Transformers, Transformers were, the were blasphemous. <laughs> I did watch Transformers, the television show. You just never saw the movie. And then you had to atone by wearing a hair shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I never got that. What the fuck is a hair shirt? What I don't understand. People to is is that supposed to be? It's a shirt. It's, it's a shirt. It's a shirt that a Greek guy wore before you. <laughs> very prickly and greasy. It smells like lamb. <laughs> oh, oh God! I think a hair shirt's un- uh, very, 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 very itchy and uncomfortable. Yeah, I guess. But so. you wear it all day. Just chafing. <laughs> when it's hot out. <laughs> okay, so sorry, Nate. You, you were saying so. They're gonna. She's hanging out with this uh, boy that she has, and now he's growing up, and he wants to know like about the world. And she eventually tells him about his father, Odysseus, and tells him all the stories about how how much of a cool guy he was. And so Telegonus is like. Eventually, he becomes 16, and he says, I want to go find my father. Fucking Hermes helps him. And But at first, Cersei's like, absolutely not. You're going to get murdered if you leave here. And she, and eventually, he convinces her. Like, I, you know, I'm just going to keep trying to do this. And he's like, and then she's like, well... I'm going to live forever, but he's just going to be stay here and wither away and die. And what kind of mother would I be if I didn't, if I just never let him go out into the world ever? So eventually she lets him, but she decides to like help him or help protect him by casting some spells. And then goes, she, her like final spells, she actually goes down to the bottom of the sea to visit Trigon, the 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 fish god to get his stinger because the stinger can kill even a god how convenient and she says to to the to trigon you know i need your i need your uh your stinger and he says he's he's it, it's some like greek myth thing he's like oh if you for me to give this to you you must be stung. You, you, it will be like be stung and feel infinite pain for the rest of your existence. Are you willing to make that sacrifice? And she says, yes, I am. And Trigon says, you are the first person ever to say yes to that. Well, she's the first person. And it was all a joke. To, ha, ha, ha. Like, you don't actually have to, to do, do that. Like, some people said yes, and they always, they always back down like, oh, I changed my mind. It sounds ouchies. And she like reaches in to touch it. Mm-hmm. And nothing there, and he's like, she's like, what's up? What's going on? She's like, ah, uh, gotcha, bitch. You're good. Take it. Take my butt sword. <laughs> I thought this was like, it's a, like a motherhood kind of thing here. It was 100%, you know, son has to go out into the world. It's like the giving tree, but Greek. The giving tree. It's an olive tree. <laughs> it's an, this is an olive tree. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of apples. <laughs> and so uh, she gives Telegonus the, the the stinger of Trigon, which she puts on a spearhead, or he puts it on there, and then he sails away in his boat, which is also unsinkable, thanks to her spells. And then she's like, okay, he's gone now, but then he comes back, and he says, everything is 
uh, the worst thing in the world happened when I got there and I wrote and I brought my ship onto the shore and Odysseus was there. He said, who are you? What are you doing here? And it's like, I, but you're my father. I'm just here. And then, but Odysseus attacks him and accidentally in the fight, I guess, Odysseus gets grazed in the cheek with the, with Trigon's spear. It's, it's very strange that he came butt first. Uh, at the kid. <laughs> he wrestled the spear away and rubbed it on himself. Was, oh, God. I'm Let me die. grab it real tight. <laughs> and he used the and clever so, one. <laughs> and so Odysseus then dies. He, he, so he, he dies because he gets kind of stabbed or scraped with the trigon spear. Anything Nothing, to not in- pay alimony. <laughs> 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 it's not my kid. <laughs> Okay, you got me, but I'm still not paying alimony. Uh, and so he dies. And Telegonus immediately gets in his boat and has to sail back to his... He has to go back to his mom on Ayaya and tells her the story and everything is so awful. And then a week later, I don't know, five weeks later, just a little bit later, another boat shows up and it's Telemachus and Penelope. Which is Odysseus's son and wife. It's going to get real awkward for a little while. And at first, Cersei is like, what are you doing here? You're here to murder my son because obviously he killed, you know, your father and your husband and stuff like that. You're, you're here to avenge him. And they're like, oh, no, no, we're not here to do that. He was a lunatic. He was a complete maniac when he got back to Ithaca, after he it's spent like, seven years banging another nymph instead of rushing back. Yes. <laughs> when he got back, he was just, he was, first he just murdered, he murdered all the, um. The suitors? Murdered, 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 murdered all the suitors. The and then. <laughs> he murdered, had, murdered them. <laughs> and then murdered all of the, uh, maid, uh, not maids, uh, the servant girls. Well, he made Telemachus do it. And made Telemachus do it. Which is how that's pronounced, by the way. I have no uh, idea. Made Telemachus no do idea. it. <laughs> oh, it's Telemachus, right? Which, Which is uh, and then he... And even after that, all of the uh, all the sons, all, I mean, all of the fathers of all the suitors were, came to the came to his, you know, house or manor or palace, whatever it's called. It was like, hey, what the fuck, dude? And then he was going to murder them, too. And for the next several years, Odysseus is just like a paranoid maniac. And he's like, everybody's out to get me. And it's terrible for everyone. And so when Telemachus and Penelope get to Aiaia with Circe, they're like, oh, this is so much better. We're just going to stay here. And so they do. So they were just going to like stay in Aiaia forever. But then Athena shows up again. And she shows up, and she in there like all you know four of them are there. And Athena says, "Telemachus, I need you to come with me because we I need you to be the king of a new city on the isle on the place called Italy." Is that what it was? I, she said it. I think she said Italy. Uh, she said something, but I don't know what. Remember if it was like a thing I recognize or not. I was wondering what I think it was. So. Maybe, maybe I'm imagining that. But anyway, she said, "Tell him because I need to come to your new king." Jersey. Uh, it's uh, very uh, <laughs> strange. I don't know where that came from. 
you're going to be a wise ruler and you're going to be rich and you're going to have all these, you're going to have all these children and it's going to be so great. And Telemachus says, no, I don't want it. I saw what it did to my father. He was an asshole. So no, Athena, not for me. I just want to do my art. Okay, fine. (laughs) It's kind of what he says, but, uh, (laughs) and then I just want to do my dance projects. Athena says, okay, fine. Telegonus, you're also the son of Odysseus. Uh, you can do it instead. You can be the king of this new of this new city. And Telegonus says, "Yeah, okay." And so he goes with Athena, and and so he leaves. And Circe is very sad, but they she takes it upon herself oh, to. She takes it upon herself. <laughs> well, first <laughs> she she says that she needs to go uh, take care of uh, Scylla. And so she has Odys- um, not Odysseus, uh, Telemachus with the ship, with the little tiny, tiny well, ship. Well, first she's, uh, like, tiny she's like, tell Zeus to it's not leave dingy. me a fucking exile anymore. That too, yeah. She's like, this has been, you guys have been awful to me. I don't give a shit anymore. I'm just going to go, uh, I'm just going to leave and you guys can go fuck yourselves. She tells that to Athena. And so Circe goes. And to her dad. And, and to her father. Cersei goes and Cassa use some magic spells and some trickery to uh, turn Scylla into stone, and then decide when they when she does that, she decides that she uh, it's like a reverse Tanuki ha- suit. Is that what's called in, in Mario? A suit where you you turn into stone, so the things that, could walk past that you. That was the uh, that was the raccoon. Oh fuck! What was the one where you turn into a stone and the things could walk past you in Mario Three? I don't remember at all. I'm googling furiously. Nate, you have to. Re- you played this game. I did, but I don't remember what that thing is called. It was in the later... It's been a really long time. Yeah, there's totally a way that the Tanuki suit turns into stone. Does it? I have no idea. I think you could just wave your butt tail and you could, like, hover or something. So she turns this bitch into stone, and she's like, now maybe I'll bang that hot guy who's really concerned about his art and his drawings and his carpentry. I don't remember what he did. Carpentry and shearing sheep. He was really good at cutting sheep hair. Yeah. Like, you could be a king. He's like, nah, I'm good just with these sheep. As you know, most people are in this book. Hmm. And then, so, uh, Telemachus and Circe kind of sail the world together. The world being, you know, the the eastern side of the Mediterranean. (laughs) Egypt, and (laughs) that's all they cared about. And all the different Greek islands, and they go to Troy, and then uh, Circe and Telemachus are just kind of together, and she decides to give up her immortality, uh, mortality, her her immortality, so that she can actually have children with Telemachus, and then and, if, that's and the Penelope lives out on the island, taken over as the the witch. She learns some witch powers, not as good, but pretty good. She takes a potion that will, uh, I guess we're supposed to assume, reveal her true self or whatever, you know? And she becomes immortal at the end. Does she? Well, she takes, she has like a prophecy of the potion, and it's going to make her grow old with Telemachos. And then she takes the potion. Something like that happens, right? Yes. And then she's like, ah. And she sees Telegonus in the future with his like, very good friend and roommate, the captain of his guard. It's like, uh, okay. <laughs> Who always wears very tight-fitting togas. And <laughs> they weren't tight togas, see? 
was a gotcha bitches. They don't wear, that, that was they don't wear them in ancient Greece. It was a chitin. But anyway, um, uh, and then that's the end of the book, right? But we totally skipped over like Medea and Jason, who are in there randomly throughout the book. We did, which yes. is a story. Honestly, I just thought Medea was an old black lady wearing, which is really a man wearing yeah. a dress. <laughs> <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> no, but that was uh, Tyler Perry. I, I don't know. Movie magic. A I Greek Medea, uh, my big fat Greek Medea wedding. I really don't know this. I did not know the story. I, I had heard, if you said there's Jason and the Argonauts, I'm like, that's a thing. And yeah. a go- a Jason gold- was a real dick and a real big sexist. And a golden fleece. Like, all right, cool. And that's, and Medea, is that like the hell hath no skir- fury like a woman scorned? Like, I don't even know what those things are from. I thought that was from Shakespeare. I mean, he might have. Coined, I, mean, I don't. Fuck, I don't even fucking know. I. I just. That's how little I know about the Greek. Medea stories. is her brother Aetes's wife. Aetes has become like a, some sort of like warlord god with his magic powers, and he can like hey. summon dragons by grinding oregano in a mortar or something. <laughs> uh, and he likes so to he, brand the hot men. Yeah, yeah. He's a real psychopath, but also uh, his wife Medea is. Also evil, and so, that, but she there but she helps she helps Jason get the golden fleece, and I forget fucking why. Oh, and like their their daughter runs away with Jason, who then abandons That's her. Medea. For, Medea is the daughter. Oh yeah, is the daughter is the daughter. So she runs away with Jason, but then he abandons her for the next hot lady that comes by, and something happens. She like kills herself, or she, or she she ends up she, she has married, to in, she gets married. She to has to kill her own. Child, her own sorry, her own brother, in order to help Jason escape. Yeah, she sacrifice. So she kills him like a hostage. Chops. Yeah, she just and then she anyway, marries that's a, Dionysus that's a or something like that. She just gets liquored up for eternity every night. Shakespeare didn't say it. Interesting. I was just looking that up too. Apparently, it's William Congreve. Oh, that was my next 1697. guess. Sixteen ninety-seven. Yeah, all his, you know, the the other bard, William Congreve. But I don't know why I thought that had something to do with Medea. I could, I, I don't know. I'm j- obviously, I'm wrong, but I'm just curious why. Uh, because she was scorned. Wait, hold on. Tyler Perry made a movie or called "Hell Hath No Fury" like a woman scorned. Oh God, I'm just, fucking damn it! Did he really? I never saw it. I, re- I'm, re- I'm not even kidding. Wow, that's a long title. Yep, DVD seven ninety nine. Tyler Perry, actor, comma director. I'm sure it's really good. Probably Dude, as good I, as this book. I think no. I I think it's <laughs> I think it's before him. I think it's like Euripides. Yeah, Euripides had a play about Medea. Euripides th- pants open. Uh, Euripides farts after you had all that shawarma. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not just from Tyler Perry, but it's also from Tyler Perry. Well, you ever see the Black Jeopardy skit, Mystery Solved, on uh, Saturday Night Live with Tom Hanks? Yes. Where you ever see this, Nate? No, you didn't. No. So it's a recurring bit on Saturday Night Live called Black Jeopardy, where it was, you know, it would always be uh, Keenan was the, the, the host, and there'd be two black contestants and one white person who was just woefully out of place and didn't understand the game and didn't understand the questions. But on that was where Tom Hanks is, he's like a guy wearing a MAGA hat and a hillbilly, you know, and he's getting all the questions right. <laughs> as, as if to say, Perhaps, perhaps truthfully, I don't know. We're not a political podcast, but as if to say, the white underclass and the black underclass have more in common than you would expect. And so, there's like a question about a Tyler Perry movie, Tyler Perry movie, 
and Tom Hanks' character goes, he like nails it, gets it ready. He's like, any movie that could have me praying and crying in the same 90 minutes is worth its money. And like, he says some <laughs> shit like that. And everyone's like, well said, sir. Well said. <laughs> they were all just agreeing with him. And then he totally ruins it at the very, very end of it, of course, and says some, some racist shit. But that's all I could think about with Tyler Because that's, I've never actually watched any of it. But I only saw Diary of a Mad Black Woman where they uh, punish a woman for having opinions by giving her AIDS. I didn't, you know, Nate didn't see it. So is that accurate? Is that what I mean, happened? it was, it was an oversimplification, but basically like her husband like leaves her and she like bangs a dude who wasn't her husband afterwards, even though they're still married and she gets fucking HIV from him. <laughs> it's like, okay, I get you, Tyler. They're all Christian shit. It's all turned to Jesus shit. Wow. Yeah. They're, they're well, bad. So now the book is done. Was it? Thank the Greek? gods. Was it Greek enough? It was all Greek to me. She was a apparently Madeline Miller's a, a like PhD in classics or like was getting her PhD in classics literature. Uh, so what did you guys think? I'm the one that recommended this one. Wasn't it a reader that recommended? I had already this? read it. Uh, no, I read it. I read oh, it. One okay. one reader told me to not read it. I mean, listener, we are we are we are readers. So yes, a reader did. One li- one <laughs> listener told me to not read it. He said he tried. Really? To, yeah, I'm, I, I'm going through my messages. I'm not sure exactly who it is. You know who you are. Uh, and they were like, I tried to read this book and it sucked. Or, you know, essentially, I couldn't get through it. Uh, and I, I could see why, if you're not a certain type of reader, this might not speak to you in the same way. I actually loved it. Uh, I think what it does really well that could be off-putting to some people is it really captures the whole, like... Uh, um, disinterested vibe of the gods, you know, like mm-hmm. like Cersei narrates the story, and she just kind of it's it's very like dreamy, you know, like stuff is just she's just kind of reminiscing and thinking and talking about stuff, and then some shit happens, and then she's reflecting, and and it's kind of hard to get a sense like what's going on here exactly. It's kind of like all the things that are huge and momentous, like the Odyssey in the mortals are just kind of like a Tuesday for these gods, like Raul Julia in street fighter. Yes. <laughs> a time, a timely reference for one of the 10 movies Nate may have seen. <laughs> you know, no, did I see that? No, I did see the mortal Kombat movie. Oh, oh no, this was, this was like the mid nineties. They said, came out right you know, around the same time. He said, uh, when I came to your village and, you know, killed everybody, it was the worst day of your life. For me, it was a Tuesday. And then it's kind he, of like all the gods in this. And he died right before the movie came out. So take that, Yeah, she thought it was pretty bad. Bad enough to kill Raul Julia. It killed him, yes. This is <laughs> famed actor. Was he Puerto Rican? I forget where he was from. I think he's Puerto um, Rican. I know that sounds I racist to just so. assume he was Puerto Rican, no, I but think, I, think I think he, he really was, was Puerto, Puerto Rican. Rico. But, but like, it, it's, it's kind of like, well, what? What is going on right here? What am I supposed to care about? And it's also heady, you know, and there's a lot of, it's a very timely book, you know, I've heard, I was reading about this book and I saw it referenced as like essentially a feminist telling of the Greek myths. Yeah, I could see that. And it is, but by calling it that you automatically like paint it in a certain way and automatically start turning off some people are turning on some people and it's not it's not a preachy way but like it's feminist in my air quote sense here of 
in the sense of it's giving a woman's perspective on a story that is that is only has been only been told by men, and as and I find that very interesting actually. I, I I really did enjoy it, but I could see how if you like you don't really what you you don't know what you're getting into necessarily, and maybe it's not exactly what you're into. This could be kind of a dry, boring book, but I found it. I really loved it. I really really enjoyed it. Jimmy, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think for like. 80% of it, I was like, this is a solid four-star book. And then by the end, I realized, like, this is actually really, really fucking good. I don't, I don't know what changed in the last bit. I don't think anything changed in the last bit, really. But I guess as by the time you get to the end, you're like, wow, that was actually, it was a hell of a thing. It was the most Greek mythology that I ever found interesting, certainly. It, you know, all those myths, like, oh, that's a cool idea, but, like, I don't want to read that shit. Like, even the Odyssey was a chore to get through. And there was some cool stuff in there, like, yeah, do all that stuff. Kill all the guys. Fight the sea demon thing. But it, you know, it's just the datedness of the text makes it kind of a drag. And this was, it made it more interesting. And it's from a different perspective, certainly. But I thought it was really good. And it was, I could see understand it, yeah, 100%. It's like a feminist thing. Can I just say... It's not only, though, like it's not just the Odyssey from a lady's perspective. It's, yeah. it's really creative in that it incorporates a lot of different stories in Greek mythology. You know, there's the Odyssey she parts. It. She does gump it. I, that, is, that is actually one of the notes I wrote was, like, is Forrest Gump? <laughs> question mark? Because she just kind of is there in the background influencing or being influenced by other stuff that's largely beyond her control. Uh, and I thought that was really creative because there's a lot. I'm, I'm sure there are. I, actually, I know of at least one version where it's just the Odyssey from a woman's perspective. Margaret Who? Atwood. Margaret Atwood wrote the Penelope. Like, what ad. woman was there and for the whole thing in the Odyssey? Well, it's Penelope's perspective, so it's just like her. I, I haven't read it. It's just her part of the story. It must. Oh, it must okay. be like 38 chapters of like suitors. I'm still sewing, and then at the end of the chapter, <laughs> but. I'm sure it's great because Margaret Atwood's really great. But this combined a lot of different stories. And the Greek myths are are really good for this because they're not consistent. You can kind of pick and choose. And uh, and you were, saying, you were saying before that Miller is or was some sort of like basically classics PhD or just about. Like I think She's she a worked, professor at, I think, BU now? Well, I think she worked as a tutor for the last decade or around a decade before she started writing or something like that, I read tutoring in you know Latin and Greek mm. and Shakespeare for some reason. And so she's a fucking super nerd, which I have all no, respect yeah. for that. This is one of the nerdiest things I've read, but accessible. It's it's a little harder than your average it's harder than your average book. I shouldn't say a little. It's harder than your average novel that you're gonna pick up. And certainly than your average Oprah Winfrey book even. I'll say it's harder than your average Oprah book, but I don't. I didn't think it was really hard. Like even if you didn't no. know the myths, like like I didn't know anything about Medea, and I got like, oh, it's Jason and the Argonauts, but I couldn't tell you what the myth of Jason and the Argonauts was. <laughs> like you don't have to know them. It adds a little more, but it it carries its own weight, even without knowing them. Except the Odyssey, that's probably a big part, or at least knowing enough. No, I'm not trying to say that it's. Uh, I don't think it's hard. Harder, I think it's harder than the average book, um, not because of the plot, but be just because of the style in which it's written, because of the long, like contemplative passages and mm. stuff like that. Which 
you know, can be as much as I personally like that kind of writing when I, I personally feel it's done well, uh, versus say Stephen King. Uh, and whereas other writer, other readers find that boring and find that, you know, wordy. Yeah. It's like, this is, you know, my wife, she gets to the point and she doesn't want to read that kind of shit. It's like, she wants the plot and I get that too. So this book, I could see why some people would be, you know, kind of, it's not up their alley, but I, I dug it. What do you think, Nate? Nate, this was your second time reading it. Uh, this was one of my few five-star books, so mm. I really, really liked it. Um, I, though I do, uh, like, I know a bit more about Greek myths. I mean, I can't say I've memorized all of them or anything, but I guess I'm more familiar with a bunch of them um, from a couple of things, including Stephen Fry's two recent books about Greek myths where I think he does a very good job of telling the Greek myths in a fun and more updated way with a little bit of British humor uh, mixed in. So uh, that's good too. But anyway, I really liked this. I I felt that like all the parts, it felt like the Odyssey and it felt like Greek myths in the way that how like tragic everything is. Everybody's, everybody's fate. Does anything ever work out in Greek myths? Pretty much no. Oh, they're all they're all like really, really bad. I mean, I guess it, it must sometimes. But anyway, it, the tone felt very similar. Uh, it felt very Greek. Oh, it also felt like the Odyssey in that the Odyssey is a series of adventures, more or less. And then like halfway through, he eventually gets back to Ithaca. And then the second half is a series of him trying to figure out how to you know, get rid of the suitors Kill and you know, murder all of them. Anyway, this did actually have a little bit of that feel too, because for instead of having one overarching plot that you knew from page one, like this is what her goal and she's trying to do from the very beginning, it's kind of like this happened to me and then this other thing happened to me and then I was alone on the island for a while and this other thing happened to me. That's also what the Odyssey feels like. And I thought that fit very well as well. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a brilliant conglomeration of things you know like conglomeration doesn't sound like a flattering word but like it really combines amalgamation amalgamation that's almost as ugly a word it co- it really <laughs> takes you know combination uh yeah accretion is that the ones with the the cheese filling and sometimes they have pretzel outside i don't know what you're what joke you're making but that combos combos <laughs> combos that's what he's referring to ah yes combinations are the full size ones that's that's what the 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 <laughs> Classy people call them. Yeah, past the combinations <laughs> as they're at their watching like the ashes. <laughs> it's like some cricket game, but it 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 come it for me. It really captured the feel of like this sounds like a fucking immortal god telling their story. Like I know that sounds ridiculous, but like the no, vibe of it of just like distant from what's happening. Was really was really interesting. I still not I felt like I felt like all the even the minor characters that are only in it are really a tiny bit. They still had a lot of they had a lot of personality. You could really like feel who they are, like Helios and Hermes. And well, it certainly helped that she could rely on a, a wide collection of uh, cultural archetypes to ascribe to. You know of. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. the ditzy slut. <laughs> He's the powerful asshole. He is the sneaky dickhead. You know, like they kind of all fall into these. But that's also how Greek mythology works. You know, like that's how the characters are. They're they're assholes. They are all oh, yeah. dicks. They are. They somehow 
capture um, the power and, and prestige that humans wish they had and the worst elements of humans, <laughs> the Greek gods. Fun bunch. Who should read the book? Well, I'd recommend it to everyone, but clearly one of our listeners doesn't actually like it. But it's worth a shot. I think most people would, would, would like it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't think you have to be into Greek myths to like it. You don't have to be super familiar with them, but... I'm not, and I enjoyed it. I'm not, and I actually actively dislike Greek myths. Like, I don't care at all. That's because you're a big racist. It's true. I'm like, oh, another fucking... Another guy named Yanni. Oh, I just get upset. <laughs> no, like, I, I just have no interest, and in, I just don't care about them. I don't find them interesting. I find them boring. I, I, I really like this. So, if you're not into Greek myths, that doesn't necessarily... It's not necessarily a firm boundary definitely not i think everyone should give it a shot tell us what you thought send us an email to drunk guys book club at gmail.com follow us on twitter at drunk guys bc or go to facebook and instagram at drunk guys book club and if you've listened this long one help out the podcast either visit us at patreon.com slash drunk guys book club or just leave us a review or even better just tell a friend to check out the podcast we appreciate any of it and you can also be our friend on Goodreads. Uh, Goodreads from the Greek goddess Greedish <laughs> for tasty good. snacks of literature. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.